A thank you to our sponsors, the For Us, Buy Us Fund, which supports Black, Brown, Indigenous, and people of color living their best life in Maine. In the Pocket, a talk show that showcases Mainers, who are people of color. Each episode represents a member of the Maine community from art, culture, and business, the earth, wind, and fire of life. Embracing and exploring the Black diaspora and descendants of American slavery through conversation is the foundational concept of In the Pocket. The overall mission of In the Pocket is to create conversational space for all people of color that is documented and celebrated through sharing of life experiences. If you like what you're hearing and want to hear it again or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at inthepocket.com captivate.fm or search in the pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at in the pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show. This is in the pocket and I'm your host Flo Edwards and today we have an awesome guest. I met him while I was at work. Really bright spirit, great smile, um, just enjoyed his energy. His name is Daniel Aris and he would like to introduce himself and I think mostly just talk about like recovery. Take it away Mr. Daniel. Thanks Flo. Um, once again my name's Dan. Um, oh, I started out in about 2015, I I pretty much hit the end of my road here in Portland with uh, with the drug scene, and I found myself in in Maine State Prison, um, and really kind of stayed on the same road I was when I was on the streets, just doing doing uh, dumb stuff and and getting high at any chance that I could. Um, about three years into my five-year sentence, I was. Uh, concerned with what I was going to do when I got out because now I'm a nine-time felon. I have drug records, thankfully nothing violent, um, but it's it's going to be hard enough and now now I'm bored in prison and I'm getting myself covered in tattoos, which doesn't help either, but um, so I was looking, I was, I was really down on my luck and I was looking for something and I remembered, and so my mom was in a, uh, was in a group before I'd gotten gotten arrested called Celebrate Recovery. That's a Christian-based recovery program. Um, Hurts, Habits, Hang-Ups is, is their motto, and basically it's a bunch of uh, randoms put together in a room, and, and they get over their problems. They discuss them every week, and then with the help of Jesus and each other, that one day it's better. Um, so I was sitting in my cell, and I decided to write to a gentleman I knew that pathway in Brunswick and I had burned this gentleman because I had asked for his help before so I wasn't sure if he would help me um, his name's Ken and <laughs> Ken's a good Christian let's put it that way for what I put him through um, and he just he wrote back saying that absolutely he he'd love to help me and that day forward that night I was starting to um, withdrawal from from boxing from not doing that because I decided I wanted to quit and I said a prayer and I I had asked the Lord I said Lord if you make it so I'm not sick I'll never pick up a needle again and I, I can't say that it was that easy but it was a lot easier than it was supposed to be 
And I took that as, as you know, it, it, I was going in the right step to find where I needed to be. Um, so I started a 12-step with um, Ken. And it's, it's basically the same um, principles as an AA meeting, just with uh, a biblical verse to compare it to, uh, the step to, um, afterwards. And it's it, the first couple couple chapters, couple books, couple steps, you're not really getting to anything deep. But by the time you hit step four, and anybody who knows what step four is, that's when you're, you're taking a, a willing inventory of yourself and the things that you've done to people and the things that people have done to you. Now, hopefully, you can find some good in there for the things that you've done because you want to add that to You have to have both, the good and the bad, because if you're just doing the bad, this isn't going to... You're not going to want to face this if there's no good. Right. So you, you make your, your chart and you apologize to the people that you need to apologize for. And sometimes you just can't apologize because it does step nine. You, you're willing to make amends wherever possible, but you do not want to harm anybody. And that includes yourself. And there are some situations where people do not want to see you again. And that's for a reason and they have their right. And good for you you recovered but stay away and you have to be willing to accept that so that was hard yeah um well thank you for sharing that hearing you share that and especially that step nine like you don't want to do harm to other people um or yourself like that's important you gotta still keep protecting yourself so thank you for sharing thank you I, and one of the one one thing that really helps through that is actually step one which is when you admit you have a problem and are willing to turn your life over to your higher power mine was jesus your higher power could be a tree it doesn't matter what it is as long as it's something that gives you inspiration that's all that matters um i completed my step study with ken uh, basically two months before i'd gotten out so it took about a year and a half to do and it was behind prison walls, so we were doing it through correspondence, um, writing to each other. It's hard to, I didn't want to use the phones because they're recorded, and people like to listen around you, and it's none of their business. Um, I, I, I moved pods, I got into a pod that was an, uh, an older pod where people worked more and weren't so into the drug scene. Um, they were, it was a pod mostly where people were kind of going somewhere, were getting out, or did have a good job, woodworking, kitchen, grounds, whatever. Um, on my last day that I got out, I was so nervous because I was like, it's easy to live this recovery life when I'm in prison, but how is it going to be now that I'm stepping foot outside these gates for the first time in four and a half years? It was actually pretty easy to tell you the truth, you know. Um, I I want to say it's hard, and and it may be hard for somebody else. And if it is, I I fully understand. For me, it wasn't. I guess once you hit your bottom and you make that decision that you're not going to use anymore, you you make it, you know. And that that's it. I do use medical marijuana. Um, I did contract Pepsi, so. That's one of the one of the um, recommendations you need to get a marijuana card in Maine. Um, another is I had a spine surgery 
that I had to, I had an abscess on my spine from shooting up. Um, and I would have had to take pain pills. So I had a real hard time with that. And then they said, well, we have non-narcotics, but you can still become addicted to them. So I discussed it with my sponsor and we decided that, yeah, I think medical marijuana is the way to go with that. And some people at CR see it as, you know, it's, it's still a drug. But the way I see it is if your mental health isn't right, and you're not going to succeed. So Right. And, you know, caffeine's a drug. And, Absolutely. <laughs> you know, everybody's on <laughs> caffeine. Like, there's certain things that are, I think, necessary for a lot of people just to enjoy life. And I think part of the life is having a pursuit of happiness. Oh, absolutely. Yep. And, I, and that, that's a big, another difference between NA and CR is, is NA... I mean, NA and uh, AA, I, I can't speak 100% truce, but I, I do believe they, you're not allowed to smoke marijuana, take Suboxone, anything like that, because it's supposed to be a full 100% um, sobriety. But the way I see it, if you're taking mental health meds, you're taking Suboxone, you're smoking prescription marijuana, if you're not putting a needle in your arm or something up your nose that can, that you don't care about anything else, Besides that, you don't care about your family. You can say you do, but you don't. The drug's the only thing that matters. Any, if I can smoke a little weed and it keeps me away from that, or if I take my Suboxone and it keeps me away from that, I don't care what anybody else thinks, because I'm happy. The people around me are happy. They know that when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, and they can trust that. And that's a good feeling. People are happy to see you. You know, good things happen when I was getting <laughs> I went to the dentist to get my teeth done. That's how I met Flop. And, uh, you know, she said to me, we're gonna beautificate your smile. I think I, I didn't use that word correctly. I didn't even say it correctly, but, um, and I got home and my, my teeth look so good. I, I haven't smiled in a long time um, because of embarrassment mostly, but they look so good. I just couldn't stop smiling. So stuff like that comes to you when you're doing the right things and you have the right attitude. And it's awesome. So it is. It is rewarding. Yeah. And getting through recovery that way, I'm always going to be an addict. There's always going to be problems. Right now, I'm working on another step, which is I'm working on another step group, which is to control my anger, my sarcasm, and the way that I approach people. Um, Just to interject, like um, even if someone who's not an addict or anything. Um, they still have problems. Absolutely. You know, everybody has a problem here Absolutely. or there. You got to have the good with the bad, and you have the bad to know that something is good. And that's what and that's what CR is about. Is it? You don't have to have a drug problem. You don't have to have an alcohol problem. You have to have a you problem, and that's the big deal. You know, if you can realize that you're the problem, it's not the alcohol, it's not the drug, it's you. And we got a spot for you. And, and, you know, you don't have to follow Jesus to be there. Just as long as you're there. That's all that matters. And just to keep a positive message going. Even when you get down. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to lie to yourself. What do they say? Fake it till you make it, right? Right. So. Yeah. But you just need to encourage yourself. Because you're with yourself 24-7. So if you can't 
give yourself a little bit of motivation Absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. you're gonna get lost you know and the world doesn't really care about you in a lot of ways so you got to have your own back and I, w I would say that's one thing that that being an addict did gave me that give me besides like perspective on, on things I didn't really know about but addicts have the best personalities and and uh, by that I mean we can find the comedy in anything because we're always so down we've been in that point in our lives where we've always been so down that you just you have to laugh about your circumstance and there's nobody that can do that better than an addict because there's times where if you don't laugh what what else is there there's nothing you know mm -hmm. so we can laugh at anything we can find the, the humor in anything and that's that's something that it that it gave me which which is awesome yeah it's a great skill to have <laughs> it's very valuable you know I it's like doing sales or something like anybody anytime someone can interact even if it's just with yourself and find the humor in or the silver lining in a situation you're steps ahead absolutely yeah you spend a lot of time with yourself when you're an addict or when you're locked up and uh, like you said you have to be able to to be with yourself because when you're when you're in active addiction you're not with yourself you're not yourself at all and you know that when you do recover and you remember what it was like to be that down I, that's not you you know everybody knows that and there are there are people that are are really down on their luck and have had it a lot worse than i've had it or a lot worse than i could even think of but man there's there's somebody there to listen if they ever need help there's it doesn't have to be a recovery program you know they could just talk talk to talk to a bug walking on the ground if you're sitting on the grass or something just something to talk to get it out mm -hmm. and that's the start nice um have you i know you talk, said about talking are you also doing any writing or how, how else are you getting it out my i the writing aspect i i used to write um but I don't really have good penmanship. So I'd go back to read what I wrote and it didn't really work. So really all I do is I, I walk my dog a lot. I'm sure everybody does, but I sing to him and I talk to him. And I'm sure everybody talks and sings to their dog, but you know, he doesn't pay attention, but at least I'm getting it out. And you know, he, he gets done what he needs to do and I'm getting something out. That's why the walks, it's, it's funny. Walking the dog is like my, is like my drug now because it's my time to be with myself. I have my dog with me, but you, when you're walking, you always feel better getting that exercise. Mm -hmm. So you get in that fresh air, you get the, you get the mind moving, figure out what you, what you're gonna do, and a, a walk's just a great any any type of exercise to get out and just feel good about yourself and get those natural endorphins going. So yeah. it can take a while. Did you feel yours like right away? Or? Um, no, absolutely not. I mean, I was I quit. I. I quit in 2018, so almost three years ago, and it, it did take quite a while. When I was when I was locked up, with, we the last about year and a half with this Corona stuff going on, we were locked down like right when the start of Corona happened, like not even really in Maine. We were locked down really in July of 2020. I mean uh, January, and then really locked down around the summertime. So we were in our cells. I gained a lot of weight. I, you know, you're watching murder mysteries and 
basketball games and you're not you're stuffing your face you're not working out so when I got out I was I was completely I was I was overweight so when I was walking I actually started to feel it then I think because of the non-movement for so long so it was a couple of years but now I'll rake the yard I get them you know? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I cut my grass, which I haven't cut in a couple of weeks. Um, but when I do, I, I don't think <laughs> it doesn't work. For me. It's not enough. But the, it I, looks nice. I noticed you have the lilacs out, and that's that's oh, you know you sitting in that prison cell. You don't remit. I smelled something the other day out in our front yard, and I asked my mom. I said, "What's what's that smell?" And she said, "It's the lilacs." And I forgot about lilacs. That's one. Th- that's that's an amazing smell in itself, and it's just it's the ultimate smell of freedom. Ah, I'll remember that. I love that. You can clip some if you want to oh, take I've some. Oh, I've got okay, them all through the house. Okay, yeah, <laughs> they do smell nice. Um, uh, my wife actually makes like a syrup out of them oh, for nice. like she'll put it in her tea. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she's a little hippie. It's cute. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So. I think that hearing that you were doing all that writing and processing the steps um, a year and a half, that kind of seems relatively fast when you think about all the, all that you probably had to process. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and a step, a step study can go on for, I actually, I was, I thought, I thought the same thing. Um, but when I had, uh, written a letter to Ken asking him if I could join his step study group. They were actually just starting one. And I actually went a full year longer than the actual group that they had went because it was, I think the, obviously with the mail being what it is, it has to go back and forth. Um, but I, I think it really was almost a deeper meaning being, being um, the way it was written, written writing it down because you're really getting it out you're not sitting in a circle just talking about it or whatever and you have time to process you have that whole week before that mail comes back oh I need to do this I need to do that so the year and a half it it was actually I thought it 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 was a good amount of time I spent the longest amount of time apologizing to people because I had to figure out how to come from a spot where I wasn't just coming up and I apologize for this. I'm sorry I made you feel this way. I want you to understand that I really bothers me that I did that to you. And and if like I said, if they don't, they don't. But that whole that whole time you're you're going up to that point. It's like the main event, you know, you've got all your pre fights and then you get the main event. Those those the early days are just for that spot where you connect with that other person, you can truly show them that hopefully that you've changed. Yeah. Um, and it does take the one I'm in right now. We started in February, and we're on step four, so that's almost a half a year, and we're going really slow. But it's we're all really getting something out of it. Um, everybody's from a different walk of life, which is great too. You know. Yeah, the randos, right? Yeah, it's 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 so awesome. You know, where can you get a guy that worked in TV at a, a play a station in Portland, hanging out with a guy that just did prison time? You know, mm-hmm. just shooting it. You know, and that, that's the great part of it is you develop these relationships throughout the community, and people will be like, oh, "How do you know them?" It's not your business, but they're my friend. Mm-hmm. And those are great too because you meet just. It's awesome. Yeah. And 
and recovery is is what you make of it and i always heard that it could be you know more than pink clouds and, and sunshine but that's where i'm at right now yeah. and it's staying there um you know i get down who doesn't then, right and then i just work on my my steps where i'm at you know and try not to be too down on myself yeah so I know you said like, hey, guy from prison, but you know, I think you are way more than that. So what other aspects of yourself do you see or that you want to start to invest more time in? Well, when, before I got locked up, before I started my uh, criminal career, I was working at a funeral home. And uh, I really, the thing I like most about that, well, I mean, obviously money and dressing up every day, that's great, but it's a simple fact that like you'd be walking in the supermarket and someone stops you and you may not recognize them right off, but they know who you are because you helped them at the time of need. You know what I mean? You took care of the body that was in their house that they had to get to the funeral house or, or just, you know, just to talk to them. And that... I've always, I've always wanted to help people, as in like just, I, I wouldn't say normally like help people like uh, I can't fix your car, I can't build your house, but I can listen and I can, I can make you laugh. I know I can make you laugh. So that's, that's what I'm pretty good at. I can listen and I can have a conversation with somebody and sometimes that's what they need. Yeah, those are important things, man. It makes the world go round. Laughter, conversation. Absolutely. So true. Yeah. Um, do you think you might get back into that industry? Um, in in Maine, they have a funeral board, and oh. yeah, you have to you have to look. <laughs> Who knew? And, and it's crazy. And I'm, I am going to say this: you do have to look a certain way, and you have to be. They judge you. Yeah. So not not just solely on your looks, but of anything that you've ever done in your life. Yeah. You got a traffic ticket. You have to write a a story on why you got the traffic ticket and the, the board they approve you and if you get licensed then you can work other than that no you can't and it, and that's you know that's to maintain uh, professionality you know some people might not like to know that someone with my background was in their house taking care of a body or or at the funeral or whatever you know they just it's and that's that's what it is the funeral business is a very uh quiet industry they don't you know brush everything under the rug kind of thing so no I can't I wish I could um, right now I'm trying to get I'm taking classes through Pathway Vineyard Church in Brunswick to try to learn some management skills leadership skills so that maybe one day I can lead a class and I think that's probably going to be the way I have to help people um, you know I don't have a license I'd like to do meals on wheels but yeah, volunteerism is definitely something that is going to help you through your recovery and get you someplace too, you know? It always makes you feel good to volunteer. And I mean, everybody wants to volunteer at the, the animal shelter or something like that. But when you find something that's really, someone that really needs help, which I haven't yet, but I really want to be there, keep my eyes open someday for that person that really does need my help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you know, and even I'm sure like there's so many boards, not just for the funeral board, which I just found out exist. But when you do all the work that you are doing to just be such a good citizen, um, give it some time after you get out of uh, after since you've been out, 
that adds up and you get great references and then you really can show if you are interested in that industry or any new industry that might have a board you can show them like hey I, I people make mistakes Absolutely. You should be allowed to fix your mistakes. Absolutely. I think that's a big thing, you know, and, I, and I, I'm not sure what's going on in Augusta, but I think somebody should look into that when you have a nonviolent felon that gets out of prison and they have to go to that and they, they're putting in a resume or they're talking to a, an employer and that employer asks, you know, what's your record? You're done. Unless, that, unless you can have a real conversation and they can get to know the person. They're not going to know you over a piece of paper. So they see that felon mark checked. It's very hard when you got somebody else that isn't a felon. Mm-hmm. But there's... So I, I think that question shouldn't be allowed to be asked unless it's something violent, something crazy like that. Um, I was a drug addict. I, I went to prison because I was a drug addict. I wasn't selling drugs. I didn't hurt anybody for drug. Well, mm-hmm. not physically. Emotionally, obviously, but... And that's a big thing. It's hard to find a job, even if even at McDonald's, it's hard because you know you got younger people and they don't want felons around younger people. So, I mean, yeah, they probably will hire, but it's it's difficult, and that yeah. that's a major stepping stone. Is you pay your you paid your debt to society. How long do I have to keep paying it? Right. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. We need reform. Um, and I think the more people who experience hardships, um, they become more sensitive to other people because they know that, hey, I'm not a bad person because I experienced or I did something that technically was immoral. Um, you know, really, drug use that becomes an addiction is technically a disease that you can recover from uh, and you shouldn't be penalized for having an illness. <laughs> I got Very simple. They, like, they, I, I didn't. I think in what was it, 2018 or 2019, they repealed it, made it, made it more civil, like a misdemeanor for, for like possession and stuff like that, which, which is the right step. You know, when you've got a problem, you can't, you can't throw it in jail because I, I do feel bad for. That is one thing I'll say for the, for the jail and prison guards. I do feel bad for them because they're getting stuck with people that shouldn't be in lockup they just have mental health problems you know or they're addicts yeah so they have to play nurse to someone that's sick because we want to lock them up instead of putting them someplace they can get help yeah and they're not being getting any training for any of that so no they don't know just being thrown to the wolves too yeah they just think you're being an idiot you know what i mean and they just think you're dumb which you are but you need help right it's okay to be dumb right you just need help. You're, you're a little misguided. Yeah. And, and that's not fair to them to have to deal with that. So when you're arresting somebody who's got mental problems because they got a, a dime bag of a dope on them, then that's not cool. Right. Um, you know, at least give them bail. And then half of us have no money, mm-hmm. you know? And you put us in a spot where, okay, we're showing up to court in orange. We don't have any money and we got a defender who doesn't want to be there for us anyway. So we're probably going to prison for at least 18 months. Right. Which does what? Nothing. Um, makes you more likely to be back in prison is right. what it does. And yeah. prison is now kind of, uh, or has been for a while, privatized. So it's a business. So they need people in prison right. to Absolutely. support jobs. Yeah. It's almost the same with the probation system too because they'll send you to these, these clinics that are for profit clinics based on 
you know, their for their um, their patients. And so these, they're not helping them. What they're doing is they're asking, did you use today? Oh, you did? Well, let me urine test you and call your probation officer. The, the spot on that should be to help them. Right. They're coming to you for help. You're penalizing them for telling the truth. So that needs to change too. That's, you know, some people got it right, some people don't. And that's a, that's a big part of it too. Yeah. You gotta make sure that people that are trained to do the jobs are really trained to do the jobs. <laughs> Man, so many things to fix. I hope that we start to make more progress as a society. Yes. You know, I think we're losing some great people because we're not taking care of everybody. Mm -hmm. Dan, it's been great. You've been awesome. Thank You've you. opened my eyes and my heart, and I really appreciate that. And hopefully other people's eyes and hearts will open up as well. Even if it's just one other person, that, that's all <laughs> that's it all takes. Matters, yeah. yeah. Um, so... What's the plug? How can people reach you? All right. Well, reaching me, I mean, if you if you want to show up to, to Brunswick Pathway Vineyard in Brunswick on Thursday nights from, well, now that we're getting back, 5.30, we have a fellowship meal, and then, then we'll have worship, and uh, which is just live music. It's not praying to Jesus. I mean, it is, but it's live music. It's your own connection. Uh, and then we have our small groups, and that's on Thursday night in Brunswick at Pathway Vineyard. And then on Friday night in Lewiston, Pathway Vineyard, there is their CR. And we'd love to see anybody there. If you like what you've heard and want to hear it again, or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In The Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In The Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show. A thank you to our sponsors, the For Us, Buy Us Fund, which supports Black, Brown, Indigenous, and people of color living their best life in Maine.